Everybody, welcome to another broadcast of the Snap Note Tap podcast with, of course, the legendary Joe Cardinal and Nico Indomina, and our very special guest today, a dear friend, great martial artist, student, leader, everything, uh, Mr. Jason Bender from Chicago, Illinois. Welcome, guy. How are you? Good to see you, Coach. Miss you. Miss you too, man. We miss, everybody misses everybody with this uh, COVID mm-hmm. stuff, and. Uh, I've got to make a quick announcement before I forget because somebody emailed me this week asking me if that was me on the tubs doing on, you know, in the introduction, if it was me playing the drums with Jerry. No, it was a very gifted uh, jazz drummer from Chicago named Rusty Jones, who sadly is no longer with us. Uh, So no, that was not me on the drums. Um, I have played with Jerry in the past when I was still an active jobbing musician and uh, it was an honor and a thrill. It's always it always is to do something with uh, you know uh, a person that you know your mentor or your idol or whatever. And Jerry was and is all of those things uh, you know musically. And he was a Cleveland boy too, born in Cleveland, but moved out here as I mentioned before in the '60s. But anyway, um, yeah, we we are as you know trying to get a different guest probably once a month. And we have a little list of, of people who are committed to coming. And Jason was one of them. So and when a person comes on the show, it's hopefully never a one-and-done thing. They can always come back. And the beauty of this Zoom is that, you know, we can have quite a few people, I believe up to 100. Not that we would ever have 100 guests, but, I mean, mm-hmm. you never know. Um, so normally, Jason, you're new to this, but normally we, I just check in on, Joe Cardinal and Nico and see how their week was. And then we can get right into having Jason take over. How you been Joe Cardinal? It's been another rough week at work, man. It's just all kinds of problems, you know, a lot of late hours. So it's, I'm, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad to be here at the weekend. And of course, class is still going. So I got my final uh, Wednesday. So I'll be glad when that's over, but we'll see how it goes, man. It's been uh, the last few weeks have been bumpy. Let us know how you do. I'm sure you'll pass. What's up with you, Nico? Uh, nothing new. I'm glad to see Jason over here. Yeah, the, we all worked out together. For those that don't know, you know, Jason. And then there was an, another guy or two that would, would, would come in because Jason had uh, a gym in Chicago. And he, during this uh, virus, he moved, got his own place. And I'm going to let Jason tell you all about it. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hey, Coach. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, at a place called Cheetah Gym in Andersonville, and for folks that don't know Andersonville, it's a very uh, 
um, progressive neighborhood, we'll say. It's a uh, very left-leaning and uh, it's like a, um, a paradise for people that just uh, want to be nice to each other. And it's, it's real family-oriented. It's very uh, LGBTQ friendly and it's a, it's, it's a really nice neighborhood, mostly. It's very beautiful uh, spot in Chicago. Overwhelmingly, people are, are nice in the neighborhood and have cute shops. And it's like, a, it's like its own little town. And then the, even the neighborhoods off of it. So I only live 10 minutes north of Andersonville in Rogers Park. So Rogers Park is a little less affluent than Andersonville, you know, but we have kind of that same vibe. Um, you know, Chicago, that's what, what the thing I love about Chicago is I feel like I live in a small, I, I grew up in a town of three stoplights, graduated with like 55 people, but I feel like I know my neighbors more in Chicago than I did back home. And uh, so it's, it's, uh, I really wanted to stick around Andersonville because it's further south than where I live. So um, people from the, the, the southern parts of Chicago, bunch of neighborhoods south, you know, people that live in like uptown and, you know, maybe even, I even have some people that live downtown that uh, I have one student that lives downtown and she takes an Uber every class and comes on up and uh, it's 1200 square feet. We're actually going to add some mat space on here next week. Um, I started slow and light and uh, yeah, no problem. It's real life. Um, sorry. And, uh, we're gonna, we, we started with um, two rows of, you know, the, the, the mats that are one meter by two meter, you know, the, the nice mats I had at Cheetah, right? The, the yeah. nicer of the blue mats. Those are one meter by two meters. We did two, uh, two rows of 11 to start off because we're like, we don't know if this is a bad idea. We knew we're, o we're opening up a gym during a time when gyms are closing. We knew that. But um, I, uh, I was willing to take the risk. So we were just, but we were trying to be smart about spending any money. Um, so we just got a, a fairly small mat area. It's, it was still, what are we looking at? Like 500 square feet right now. But still, if you get, you know, two groups, of, if you get three groups of two and they're working out hard, they're, they're really rolling, they're really doing jujitsu, they're really doing Muay Thai, you're going to bump into each other right now. So we're already going to add on and it'll be 750 square feet and that'll be a lot more breathing room. And I think with that amount of space, we could probably fit 10 groups of two uh, doing drills. And then probably I'm going to say uh, four groups of two could go pretty hard, could go do a full grappling match um, still carefully. And it's the place is it's, it's nice. It's brand new construction. Um, well, it's an old building. And apparently it was an old mental, uh, uh, mental hospital, which that's fitting. No, yeah. yeah. Right. I, I was already thinking, I'm like, no wonder I felt at home right away. I'm like, this is where I should have been anyhow. And, uh, all my friends that'll come in with me are all, uh, Looney Tunes too. So, <laughs> so that's, you know, that's you talking to me. Yeah. All of you, all of you. That's the therapy session. <laughs> so it's, um, it's still in Andersonville, correct? Yeah. It's in Andersonville. It's a little, just a, a block further West, but a block further North. Um, I, mm. my, my, I have these front windows that get some pretty decent sunlight. It's a straight building or it's a straight 1200 square foot room. So there's no pillars in the middle. It's a, you know, like 10 foot tall ceilings. 
and we have the, the windows in front, let some nice natural light come in and right there's the, the, the berm um, for the Metra train. So the Metra goes by right in front of my uh, window, which is kind of pretty cool. And uh, you know, I get, uh, it's, it's just green uh, right along the berm. So we can, we're looking at, we, I can see some trees and everything with some sunlight. It's nice. So well, that's nice. Being, Are you along uh, Ravenswood then? Yeah, I'm right on Ravenswood. It's, that's a cool it's, area. Yeah, what about parking? Really nice what about car parking? There's an entire huge lot. Oh, one. And it, that's great. Yeah. And it, well, I don't have access to that exactly. So here's the deal with that. I technically oh. only have one spot, but the parking lot is always empty. So <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with it, but everybody tells me that they don't have a problem finding street parking at all. So street parking is ample right there. And I, I, I have one spot and I don't drive. So I always have at least one person um, that can take my, my parking spot and then the lots always empty. So I don't know what the deal is going to be. So. All right, cool. Cause you know, I would have to drive in, but uh, yeah, I'd give you my spot. Of course. Oh, thanks. Well, that's, you know, I'm happy for you. I was nervous because it was happening during, you know, this, this chaotic thing, but in a way, you know, if you can swing it, you can get everything organized, get it all going. And like you're doing now, you're like expanding. Okay. We tried it. Let's, let's get a little bit more. That's good. And, you know, everybody, I, I highly recommend Jason as an instructor. If you're ever in anywhere remotely close to that, I mean, he'll leave his contact information later here. And he'll, um, what we'll do is I'll have him email Joe Cardinal and then Joe can put it on the, uh, at least on the YouTube page on the link. So you'll have all of his contact information. But I, you know, me, I'm, I'm a stickler. I very rarely recommend anybody because I, I just don't think a lot of people are skilled enough um, really. And Jason is, is one of those people that's skilled enough by far. And he's got so many trophies and belts and oh my God. I mean, you know, if I owned a pawn shop, <laughs> I could be rich just on a, in his belts. A lot of second and third places in tournaments of, uh, of two and three, they still give you a trophy. <laughs> that's okay. You know, when I watched, when I watched meet the parents, you know, he got it, he got in a war for 10th place. So you're okay. You know? <laughs> And you kind of remind me of uh, Ben Stiller in a way, but that's another story for another time. But Jason and I have actually known each other a long time, I guess, through Javier Palomo. Was, you know, I've known Javier for 20 years, and uh, boy, it's just – and uh, met a few other people. One guy that Jason and I – I don't know. I can't remember who the kid is. Again, we're going back 20 years, and I don't think Jason – Jason, I try to describe him. Jason says he didn't know him. Javier would probably know him. I got to ask Javier, but uh, yeah, Jason. Oh, I kicked my camera. Jason. Um, no, it's just been great. But, but he's been a great friend too. How are you guys um, handling COVID? What are your procedures? How do you handle that? That's got to be really tough. It's tough. Well, one, we're keeping it pretty small. So that's the good thing. Is I uh, the 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 rent is is nice at my place right now. Like. We had no problems. Um, like, um, we didn't even want to negotiate. We're like, that's a good, that's a good price. So one, just my overhead isn't much. So there's that. So I don't have to have a lot of students right now. So I'm quite content with, with my roster of, I think I'm at like, I think I have about 15 to 20 people that are regulars. And then I have another, you know, 10 or so that bop in and out, you know, once or twice a month, they'll take a class once or twice a month. But my regulars, everybody's just taking 
COVID in their personal life very seriously, that we're just making that vow to each other that, you know, you don't congregate with people, you don't do, you, you go to the store as little as possible, try to only see the people that you live with, you know, on those people should be smart kind of thing. So we're being kind of picky about who even comes in. That's, that's another one. Two at the, at the door, we, we check temperature and um, the oxygen saturation meter thing that can tell if you're uh, somehow, some way shoots a laser into you. I don't know, but it's uh, if it's below 97, you should go to the, go get your, and, and let's say their temperature is high and they have that, that numbers below 97. I'd probably just tell the person, hey, why don't you just go get a quick COVID test? Today's probably not a good day to work out. Your temperature's a little high, and this oxygen saturation that usually should be at 98, 99, 100%. Right now, today, it's like at 90, 95 or something like that. You know, it's below 97, and they have a high temperature. I'm going to, and or, I should say. Well, my cousin tested positive this week uh, in <laughs> Pennsylvania, and she, she's I don't have it. People know I really don't have any family, but I do have a cousin that I'm close to in Cleveland, uh, Nancy, and a cousin in Pennsylvania, Paulette. And yeah, she wasn't doing well. She wasn't feeling well. <clears throat> so I will um, get a hold of her uh, this afternoon um, and find out because she's a Steeler fan. And right there, it shows you that there's you know something wrong with her. But um, we normally go at it each each week because of the Browns and the Steeler thing. But seriously, you know, she, she wasn't well. And this is a scary, you know, it's a scary thing. So I'm glad that you're taking these precautions um, because most people in this area are not. Bars and restaurants that are supposed to be closed for indoor dining or, or consumption are not following the protocols. They're staying open. <clears throat> so that's not a good thing. Did you guys use any masks? Yeah, we, we wear masks. Yeah. Where'd you get that O2 sensor? You can just find them on Amazon. Yeah, they're only okay. like 50 bucks. Nice. So it's, the, it's, it's what we have for now until there's... Uh, I, saw that, I saw an article. I don't know how much further along it is or anything. I saw a thing where they were saying somebody may have found a... Uh, some university may have found a, like a COVID breath or breathalyzer. I'm like, dude, fire... Yeah get those off the line right and then before we and then we before we can get a safe vaccine if you can just blow into the thing and it can and i guess it's not exactly a covid um detector it 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 shows some kind of sign that you might have covid kind of like the what i'm doing now with the temperature and oxygen level it's just doing what i can so you should probably get a breathalyzer for our training sessions anyways when we start back up. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, that's good, though. I mean, but I had mentioned Jason before, and I know we, we have quite a few podcasts up now, and they're long, so it's hard for people to listen to all of them. But as wrestlers, as athletes, uh, boxing and wrestling, we're generally very hygienic. We're very clean people because we've lived our whole life in a world of germs and, you know, ringworm and just other things that can – you know, be passed around. So um, we're on that. We've always been, I don't want to use the term cutting edge, but you know, we're always very clean and sterile. We try to keep the mats clean, keep ourselves clean. And, you know, um, so this should not be, this should not be any big deal for us. You know, it's just another couple of minutes of, you know, safeguarding. 
It's a good thing. Yeah, even before COVID, you know, I had the foot washing station before you yeah. step onto the mats at Cheetah, you know. I remember. So, same thing, same thing. We're still, I'm like, that hasn't changed at all, of course. <clears throat> and yeah, the nice thing here is I can keep it even cleaner because it's a closed room. Well, I can open up the windows when I want to. Um, but it's, I mean, it's not like uh, at Cheetah, there was people going in and out, people using yeah. weightlifting chalk and, and all this, where this is my room and the people take their shoes off right at the door and you know once you go past a certain line no shoes all the way so it's you know and then i just mop the hell out of it constantly with this uh super mat cleaner you know that jimmy pedro himself sold me so mm-hmm. yeah do you have wi-fi or no oh yeah oh, oh yeah wi-fi mm-hmm. that's great yeah um no sounds like you have a great setup and again i i don't i want to just say that cheetah jim was always very obligatory to me. It was a great facility there. And uh, if you guys are interested, anybody in the area is interested in weightlifting or that kind of stuff, you know, that's a great place to go. Uh, it's clean. It, it had three levels. Matter of fact, I never, even, I never even went up to the top floor. I just, you know, but yeah, it was, so very nice place there as well. Um, but yeah, well, the scenery was kind of good sometimes. Um, but uh <laughs> You're right. You had people coming and you didn't have your privacy, so to, so to speak, so to speak. And uh, I'm really glad that you got your own, your own facility now. Um, it's going to be great. And I can't wait to see it. Once all this dust settles, we'll, we're going to get back at it. And then you're going to wish that COVID was still around. So I'm going <laughs> to put you through those hard workouts again. But this time it'll be, I, I get kind of funny. You know, I'm a private guy, as you guys know, and with all those, with all the, let's call it the traffic, the human traffic that was in there to people, I kind of like, it was hard for me to coach in that environment because, you know, I wanted us to be kind of secretive and private away from them guys. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, you can't, you know, because everybody hears you and everybody's watching. And, you know, sometimes what we do can be actually embarrassing because, off-putting. yeah, off putting, right? Because, you know, Jason is a, like I say, a world class martial artist and instructor. And when we go through our workouts, it, it's tough. And, you know, you don't look your best. <laughs> you don't because you're like. Well, you know, I was training yesterday. I was training a father and a son. The son is, I'm going to say, 12, I'm, give, or, give or take that area, at uh, preteen age, where he's, you can tell he's really smart. He's picked up on a lot of stuff. His family uh, seems to be a very good family. He, he requested to listen to a song. But he, but it had to be the clean version. He says he goes. There's an he goes. There's there's a version we shouldn't hear, but there. I like the clean version a lot. He says so. He's a he's a good kid, right? And I'm, you know, he's asking questions, and I'm just teaching basic self defense, and I'm like trying to keep it real simple, you know, just like uh, and always coming back to every always saying, especially with him being that age, you know, if we can ever just avoid this at all costs, we can ever avoid this at all costs, and always coming back to just the basic principles of self-defense. But then we got a little deeper. I go, okay, now things got pretty serious. Somebody knocked you on the ground and somebody's sitting on your chest in what we call mount position and all this stuff. And then I was showing him various things from here. And he's like, well, what do we do? If, what, what happens if they do this? What happens if they do this? And then at some point I said, uh, you know, and I kept bringing back the coming back to, you know, strangles and joint locks, strangles and joint locks. And then, I, at 
you know, and I try not to talk too much about the strangles. I go, but I'll teach you that later on. We'll talk about that later on. But we do, we manipulate the opponent enough to where they go to sleep. And that's just the way I'm putting it. And then at a certain point, he said something. And I kind of just use the terminology that you and I would use where I go, well, that's when I would take his shoulder and put his thumb to the back of his head. And he won't be able to use that arm ever correctly ever again if he, if he decides to do that or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember what I said. He just goes, wow, you're talking like real violence and like murder. And I'm like, this is not something I ever want to do, young man, you know, but, but yes, these are the things we are preparing for. And you forget that sometimes, cause it, you know, especially since I live in it, it's fun. You jujitsu is fun. We tap each other out. Oh, we're good. You, and all that stuff. And you know, and judo is really big on taking care of your partner, even though you're throwing them to the, to the earth, you should always make sure they have a hand to slap out with and things like that. And, uh, it's real big on taking care of your partner. Um, and then you just, I don't know about you guys, but I forget sometimes that what we're doing is real violent and real deal stuff, you know, I don't forget, but yeah, so I keep I, that kid away from Tony. Yeah, I get your, yeah, I get, I get your point, you know, and Again, you have it. It's now it's your home. That gym is your home now, mm-hmm. and it you you know that's what I really am happy for you about because yeah, you know a lot of times you and I would have to do things on the side, you know, sneak it kind of at cheated gym, just kind of thing. Yeah, and that's hard. You know, it's kind of stressful because you got to watch what you say. You got what blah 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 blah. And I, you know, like you just said, what we do, what I teach, and what we're when we're at it, it's it's really, you know no holds barred for real it's all hardcore and yeah I, you got people there in the in the in the surrounding gym it's kind of you know it's difficult and i'll tell you this much i remember i knew a girl i knew a, okay so i was friends with this man um and his daughter was a yoga fitness instructor at a at a i won't mention the, the place at the time and it was it she left i mean it was bad because she had that place was open for, you know, let's just say martial arts, different style. I'm not going to get into it, but it was bad. It was rude. It was ugly. It was uh, um, sexual uh, harassment going on there and everything else. She had to finally hightail it out of there. So, you know, it's great when you can have your own place and you can control, you know, like you mentioned, the boy wanted to listen to music. You can play whatever you want to play. You can do anything you want to do. You want to turn the air up? You want to turn the heat up? You can do it. Mm-hmm. That's what's great. I'm so happy for you. You got to believe me, man. I'm just, it's a good thing that, that good people have good things happen to them. You know, it's awesome. Oh, I also but, forgot I have a, I bought two air purifiers. I, I, they say that each one is for like a 350 square foot room. So I, I technically need to get at least another one or two, but it's, it's a good start, you know, from, I wasn't going to buy four air purifiers all at once, but um, I have them like right in front of the mats though. And uh giant ceiling fan. So that's another thing I'm doing is these air purifiers can apparently clear out a smoke filled room within an hour. And uh, so that was another thing I did. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> they were fairly inexpensive on like a couple hundred, like 250 bucks or something. I don't remember what it was. Um, well, that's good. Yeah. Well, when you're not in a rush, you know, Yeah. that's the only thing. Well, if you're buying from Amazon, that's cool. Now, I've been trying to get this video situation set up, and I've been buying off of eBay 
because, I, I mean, that's just the way I am, but I, I'm getting everything used. And the, uh, the shipments, every single one is delayed, completely and utterly and totally delayed. So uh, that's scaring me because I'm coming to the, you know, I got to get everything up here this week and, and figure out if I need everything, anything else, because I'd like to get stuff launched by, by Christmas, hopefully, to you know, like run some sort of Christmas sales thing or January 1st for sure. But my point is, Friday, I, I, I needed, okay, as a matter of fact, I'm going to show you because I got it right here. Because I, I needed a special adapter um, for the new camera and uh, the mic that I'm, that I'm ordering. And I, I need a, you know, so it would slide into this. So I'm looking around and I found they actually had a two-pack on Amazon, okay? And I bought this wind mic because I had the, the, the uh, pop filter like Nico has, but my mic is so heavy, this thing was dropping down. I will not be using this mic for my video projects. Anyway, uh, so Amazon, it was, this was Friday. Shipping would have been here like on Tuesday for $5.99, or it said Sunday for $9.99 additional. You know, so instead of $5.99 and getting on Tuesday or Wednesday, I think, Nine ninety nine to get it on Sunday. I said, you know what? I'm not going to risk it. Let me get it on Sunday. So I paid on Friday nine ninety nine to get it on Sunday. Well, I got it yesterday on Saturday. So I mean, how do you beat that? You know, it was just fantastic. So, you know, if if I want anything new, I'm I'm I think I'm going to start because you know shopping more on Amazon because I've only used Amazon like maybe five or six times. Yeah, they're a necessary evil at the moment, unfortunately. I'd like to not use them as much as possible because of the uh, Jeff Bezos is like a real life bat like Batman villain. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm, I'm getting all of the money and keeping it. It's gonna take <laughs> over the world. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get that far with, with him yet. You know, uh, <laughs> I know somebody that briefly worked at one of the Amazon places and didn't didn't like it. So yeah, yeah, real slave labor. Yeah, per, oh, don't even use that term. I just got into it with the caretaking agency over on Friday, and that you think we can't? We, you know, my caregivers aren't slaves. I'm like, since when is working twenty hours a week considered slavery? I don't get this. Anyway, you're you're catching. We were talking before you logged in. Uh, my, I no longer have any caregiving at all for my mother at all. Zero. They were, you know, these. It's and I, I got to make some investigations tomorrow sometime. I take my mom to the doctor in the morning. I don't know how much time I'm going to have, but uh, it's not looking uh, promising. And, uh, you know, for those that don't know, um, I might as well say it. My mom took a turn for the worse this week. And on Monday, I had somebody watching her. My friend Holly was watching her, and I had to go. I did that food survey um, Monday and Tuesday. Well, Monday on the way back, she said uh, my mother didn't know who I was anymore. Didn't know she had a son, didn't know his name, showed her a picture of me she didn't recall. And, um, yeah, so it's it's taking, it's getting, you know, up and down. It's just getting, it took a turn for the worse. So we got a doctor's appointment tomorrow, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what's up. But, uh, but that food tasting thing was Monday and Tuesday, the pasta sauce. And as a matter of fact, when I showed up Tuesday, they're like, would you be willing to do a one-on-one -on -one interview? and be filmed or recorded, we'll, you know, we'll, pay, we'll give you an extra um, 10 bucks. I'm like, well, I, okay, why not? It's only going to take 10 minutes. So I got, yeah, I did it. And I think 
because I was probably the only Italian, you know, they wanted to hear my perspective on this. And I, I'm like, yep. Out of, and she was asking me all these questions. She says, so, you know, you being Italian, you know, all these great, wonderful sources, you know, tell me what out of all of them that you can get, what is your favorite? I said, my favorite is actually by a Jewish man, Paul Newman. <laughs> she laughed and said, yeah, I love Paul Newman, Saccharoni sauce. That's my favorite sauce. Well, we call it gravy, but sauce. And then I add a little bit, a little bit to it. And I says, and then Prego. I like the Prego sauce. But that was kind of interesting. But so you were racially profiled. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> okay, I'm good with it. You know, give me the ten dollars. You know, but um, yeah. So I, I spent all of that already on the on these parts supplies. You know, they send me like an online gift card. So I mean, you know, I, I spent everything and just getting like you do, Jason. You have to buy equipment and everything. So um, the hardest the piece, the hardest equipment in that for a gym to buy for, I got. I got three three sets of kettlebells. I got uh, a whole set of dumbbells and everything. And I uh, um, I got some um, those maces. I got two maces, a seven pound and a ten pound mace. Uh, a heavy bag of battle ropes. It took forever to get plates. Plates are like the hardest thing to find right now. I had to. It was it was weird. Some a friend of mine sent a message that some guys getting some parts or some plates from a factory in Alabama, but these are plates that, that they might be, they're completely fine. There's nothing wrong with them, but they're not perfect. You know what I mean? Like Rogue, the, the Rogue Fitness Company uh, factory sends them out. It's, they're not exactly perfect. I'm like, I don't care. They're plates. Who gives a crap? This guy drives up in a U-Haul, him and his wife from Alabama, thick Alabama accent. I'm, uh, it's the end of my jujitsu class. It's 8 p.m. This guy pulls up in a U-Haul. He's like, I'm here. Looks like a some kind of shady deal, but I'm getting plates. <laughs> Quick cash deal out. And I'm like, hey, by the way, you, I'm like, hey, man, you got any fives and two and a halfs back there? He's like, no, bro. No, bro. I'm like, I feel bad that I, and two and a half. <laughs> I had all that shit. I had over 4,000 pounds of weights, you know, and oh. machines. You know that. You've been at my joint. Mm -hmm. I lost every, I never got a dime out of anything. Other people got it, and I got nothing. My mats, everything. That, so it bothers me. That now I have to admit. Hearing you getting these plates, that bothers me because I lost. That was my retirement. I figured I'd sell that shit. You know, I I I could sell everything in there. You know, and I, I took a. But you know, Jason, if it's any consolation, it took me a while to get all that stuff over the course of time. I didn't buy it all at once. Right. Bought over the course of a couple of years or whatever, whatever, three four years. Who knows? Um, it's been it was a while, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, you know, Nico, we we started Jason was coming to my gym uh, when I would do my monthly seminars going back well over three years ago. Cause kept, cause I was, he was coming to my gym. I haven't been at the gym. It's going to be four years in July. Wow. Uh, and then Nico came along after I had already lost my gym and Nico would be working out here at the house in my house here with Joe or sometimes by himself, but with Joe. And then, um, then we started, then Nico started coming downtown to the cheetah gym or not downtown, but to Andersonville, the cheetah gym which i was even though he lives in chicago was actually quicker for him to go to the cheetah gym than, the, than to my house and nico's um i remember that time you popped his ankle jason and we heard the loud pop uh i'm, I'm just glad it's, he was okay it sounded like an explosion yeah oh, but man. but it wasn't a serious injury thankfully it wasn't uh, really you were just you're okay well, ever since he got that replacement leg he's been <laughs> Well, you know what? And here's the problem. I don't know if you know this or not, but it's bionic. And instead of giving him Steve Austin's limb, 
they gave him Jamie Summers limb. So he's got a female leg now. I don't know if that's good or bad. It could be good. Well, it's pretty sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Just rub, rub down your own leg once in a while. <laughs> At least that's one less thing he has to shave, right? That's right. <laughs> I was thinking about being a leg model. <laughs> How are you doing with your workouts, Nico? Good. Yeah, when they, <laughs> I was going to tell Jason, I'm really bad on technology, but I wanted to make a mem for Jason, show a picture of a guy on crutches, and then put body by bender over the top. <laughs> uh, there you go. Uh, I hate it when, I, when it happens, when, you are, when you're just trying to have a hard training session and then you hurt somebody, you're like, ah, uh, the worst. Or like some idiot gouges another guy in the eye. Oh, I hate when that happens. <laughs> yeah, I got you in the eye. Did I do that? No, too? no, I got you. Oh, you trying to do, okay. I needed to post on your head and uh, <laughs> gave it the extra thumb. You got, ah, Joe, right. you got Joe Dankowski too, Joe. Uh, yeah, Wasn't that you, the same day, right? In the same day, you got both of us in the eye. I love, I love all my training partners equally, is what I'm trying to say. I don't want to favor one or the other. If I gouge one, I'm gouging the other. You're like that movie with uh, Sean Connery. What was it with Crimson? I don't know what it was with the finger. He, he would be, he beat those guys up with his one finger. Remember? It was some uh, espionage movie. Yeah, I remember that. He was at a bar and he's like, I can, I can beat you up with one finger. Yeah. I don't know. Was it his thumb or something? I something like that, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's gone. You know, Sean Connery passed. And, uh, you know, somebody else just recently, like this past week that uh, I can't remember now, but uh, they're, they're, they're all going. It's a shame. But uh, we're Jason, still kicking. Could I ask Jason a couple questions? Go ahead. Hey, when, when did you get started in martial arts? Did you start out with BJJ? So, you know, I've told this story in a couple other podcasts, but I'll, uh, it's, um, so I, I, as a little kid watching Kung Fu theater with my dad on the couch, I just was, uh, loved it. And then I loved pro wrestling and, and all that. So I would get martial arts books from the bookmobile. My hometown didn't have it. So I would try to study the books that I could get and practice, which isn't great training, but it does plant the seed for at least uh practicing stances and things like that i gotta tell you it it did help um at least a little bit to understand it at minimum um you know uh, what we're talking about so when somebody shows me a technique i'm like hey i know that technique at least and i think it did help my training at, at least a little bit right um and then i would be able to take it let's say karate lessons for a handful of weeks when a guy would move into the town that i lived in and then he'd move out or whatever. So I would get, I think I've gotten a couple yellow belts, at least one or two yellow belts um, in various karate, whatever. And fast forward, go to high school. And there was a, the only thing around that I knew about was a karate school in the town next to us. And I didn't uh, say I didn't quite see eye to eye with, the, with that instructor. I didn't quite appreciate his style of training and everything and his attitude. So I, I didn't go over there much. Um, and uh, then right after high school, um, the, the, we, I had just watched the first UFCs. That karate instructor asks my friend, who was a student of his, who was a black belt under him um, in karate, said, hey, ask Bender if he wants to do an MMA fight. Um, we're doing one in, this, in the old mall that's not even – in you know the old gutted out mall in fort wayne yeah not it's not the good fort wayne mall it's the bad one um but uh 
and I was like, hell yeah, why not? I was, I'd never really fought much. I didn't even, you know, even the stupid little scuffles that I, I got into growing up, I didn't fare well, that's for sure. I was a skinny kid um, who was afraid to get hit, who was afraid of, you know, who really, I, I, I didn't think had like a good pain tolerance or anything, but there's time to step up. And I thought, what a better way is just to step into the fire, right? So I went out there and I fought a training partner or a student of uh, Jason Godsey's, um, who Tony trained a yeah. long time ago. He's a good guy. So, so did you ever meet a Tony Ross by chance? He was a tall, bald dude. With I, a yes. Key. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I fought him um, and I socked him a few times at the beginning. You know, everything. I don't really remember it. You know, things went blank immediately they broke us up because his nose was bleeding. And then I thought they were saying the fight was over. They come back over back then I had zero cardio, like zero. All I used to do is just like, I used to just lift like power lifting, bodybuilding kind of style of weightlifting. I used to, you know, that was the only thing I could do around my hometown. And then uh, the referee comes over and he's like, let's go get back to it. He's fine. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm shot. And then, you know, <laughs> so we, we went to the ground, whatever. And then at one point we stood back up, he socked me and I just turned around cause I was exhausted and he just hit me from behind. But you know, turning your back and a fight is a, you're, you're giving up. So referee thankfully stepped in cause if he would have just let letting me probably would have killed me cause I just turned my back completely. Um, and that was, and I, right then I was obsessed. I was like, well, this isn't that bad. That guy was actually a trained fighter and don't get me wrong. He hit me, but I was like, Oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought. And so I go to college and then in college I was training as much as I could for a guy that was working three jobs and going to college, um, taking the studies pretty seriously for the first part of college. I would train Muay Thai and we trained jujitsu um, with someone who got a blue belt at a Hoist Gracie seminar. So it was pretty minimal grappling, but still, you know, grappling is grappling. Um, and the people that I was grappling with were martial artists. They were, you know, people that were serious Muay Thai. You know, they were people that trained Muay Thai pretty seriously and uh, Taekwondo, black belts uh, in a style of like, my instructor was like, that was some harsh, still to this day, some of the hardest sparring training was in the, above this barber shop in Fremont, Ohio. And uh, that, I got my, first time I got my nose busted wide open was there, you know, gotten kicked right in the face. It was awesome. Um <laughs> Still to this day, some of the hardest training I've ever had. Uh, just, just not, you would look at uh, Mr. Hess and not think anything. Skinny guy, but he just was a great coach. Still is. I uh, still teaching. I, I look him up on every once in a while. I try to, I try to give him a call every handful of years. And now that I've opened up the school, I think I want to give him a call again because uh, I was training and I was fighting MMA fights. Um, lose, win one once in a while, but you know not do super good, but I was doing well enough that I was like, God, I'm not even training with proper people. Like I don't have a proper jujitsu coach and I'm losing by a submission here. Or, you know, I would, I would win by what I would figure is like shitty ground and pound. I'm like, I'm not a good wrestler, you know? And then, uh, as college went on, I started to get hooked into partying a little bit. So I would train really hard, but I also liked, and I was partying more than I should. Fast forward, I find out that Carlson Sr. is in Chicago and Shoney Carter. I was, I really liked uh, the way Shoney fought. 
and uh, he was right in Chicago. And my girlfriend at the time got accepted to UIC. Boom, just moved over here, dropped out of college with like a year, year and a half, maybe two years of college left to get my degree. I just dropped out and came here. And then ever since then, I trained, I trained at the Carl's, with the Carlson Gracie team. And I would go through spurts of training with the, 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 the folks here and there at other places. Like I spent a good handful of months with uh, the Shidokan guys there with Shoni Carter and um, hard training under uh, Wayne Gregory, who's a hell of a boxing coach. He has a place out in the Burbs. Um, tough, tough, tough training there. Learned a lot from him. <clears throat> and uh yeah and then when i was in chicago training under carlson senior um and those guys you would find out that folks were you know there was a boxing team there coach joe kane uh, oh, i know joe kane i was just going to ask you about him he's a good yeah. guy go coach that was great i uh, yeah. love coach joe um real old school style of boxing yeah taught me a lot of great fundamentals <clears throat> i would box under him boxed at this uh boxed on the golden gloves once won my first match came back the next week uh barely lost my second match but it is what it is <laughs> um i still kind of want to do the golden gloves not next year but maybe the year after that because they have a veterans league now and i'm like i'll be a, i'll be a really in a good, real good shape 40 so not next year but the year after 44 you know so hey why not why not do one more time before i get too too old um but yeah then so then I met, that's how I met Costa, our friend Costa here. So uh, Costa trained under Tony and he's in a lot of Tony's videos. Costa was a blue belt at Carlson Seniors and we trained together a lot. And I found out he did Muay Thai back in Greece and we started training together. Found out that we're both uh, morons and have the same sense of humor, which is scary. And we became friends instantly. He kept talking about training catch wrestling with uh because he would do unorthodox things that jujitsu guys don't do and uh he was telling me about these other things and that you guys would do heel hooks and all this and i'm like show me show me and uh he would tell me about this super flexible uh hobbit um named javier that <laughs> could put his legs behind his head and uh and then i met um then we would i would train with brian denive who you who trained under you and yeah. martin um oh you knew all the guys, the old guys. Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we used to train at the gym um, that I worked at, Crunch. So I would train at Carlson's Jiu-Jitsu, and I would, like, maybe go to Shidokan to take kickboxing. But then at, at Crunch, I would just get whatever guys wanted to do whatever training and just have fun. And it was Costa and Martin, Bruce Lee, um, our friend Bruce, who's in a lot of Tony's videos. Yeah, he's, he's great. Like, um, but, yeah. We got to get some of those guys on here too. Costa, Bruce, Martin, all of them. Brian. You know, I got an interesting, I think it was Crunch. Costa was was a personal trainer there. Uh-huh. I got him the job there. <laughs> huh? I got him his job there. What? I got Well, he him put me job. down too as a, I know you did, but, well, mm-hmm. but he put my name down as a, uh, what do you call that? You know. Yeah, yeah. I studied fitness and with him and da-da-da. So then Costa tells me, you know, you should really get a job down here training, you know, coaching. You know, I said, okay. So I applied and I got, I got denied. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. How can he get the gig? And I didn't get it. What's up with this? It's kind of weird. But, yeah, oh, well. But, yeah, Costa, 
Yeah, it's a shame that, you know, he had a he has a real bad back and, you know, it would go out on him. And I just wish that I could have spent more time with Costa as well because he was good, very, very good. Yep. You know, it's just the consistency of training. People have, you know, especially back then, you know, we're, we're talking 15, 20 years ago, roughly, you know, 15 at least. Times were different, you know, and yeah, people were trying to fit this in in their life schedule. You know, like Brian Denise, you know, awesome. And then he had, you know, life gets in the way. You know, he was right. going to school, he had to work, and it was, you know, hard for him to even keep his head above water and just, you know, keeping his head, you know, focus and everything, and it was tough. And, um, you know, the sad part is by the time I opened up the gym in Bensonville, they were all gone. Everybody had gone their own separate ways. And I think Costa was only at my place maybe a couple times, you know, um, three, four times tops, maybe. Martin, I think once, and I don't even know if he worked out. Brian, I don't, Brian may have come once or twice. That's it. But they all move away. Um, and that, you know, that's unfortunate. But, yeah, what a bunch of great guys, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm still in touch with, uh, you know, some more than others. Like, uh, I actually stayed at Costa's house, like, here the the fall, right before the pandemic. So, last year, mm-hmm. um, I went to Denver to uh, go see a concert, go see my uh, my favorite band there, and uh, stay with another buddy that lives there. And then I ended up staying at Costa and Amy's house um, two nights. But they got a real nice house on the uh, there in Boulder. And... Uh, it was funny. He, he says, Hey man, uh, I got a bicycle in the garage. You can just feel free. You can ride down there and there's a shopping center, whatever you want to go get lunch and all that stuff, do whatever you want to do. Weather was beautiful. I hop on this bike. I get, it's a, it's a, since it's Colorado, his driveway's on like a, a, a hill to get out of the housing complex. And I start going to the little shopping center. It's probably a mile away. All of a sudden I'm like, this thing has like no brakes. <laughs> <laughs> And then by the time I go to the, I'm like, ah, screw it. I can figure it out. I just won't go fast. I can ride no brakes. I come back and the the fender on the back is fall and, and the tires are almost all, almost are barely have enough air to, to ride in. By the time I get back to his house, the fender is falling off the back. And I'm like, is he, I think he tried to murder me. I think, <laughs> I think he wanted to see if I would ride this shitty bike into the, into traffic and finally get rid of me out of his life. <laughs> Hold on a second. I just sort of thud. Oh, is everybody all right up there? Okay. Um, there was a there was a big thud. I just wanted to make my mom fell, yeah. and her back has been bad all week. Like so again Monday. Well, I have Holly up here watching her right now, so I'm all good with that. But yeah, I just heard that thud. Sorry to interrupt your story. That's okay. Yeah. But yeah, Costa is a gem. He's got a lot of skill. A lot of um, you know, and I think. Costa, a blend of Costa and Brian Denise, you know, kind of is how I used to run. I wrestled a little bit more. I mean, I was faster, so you know, and Brian was quick. And then, but yet, Costa boy, he loves that double wrist lock. Last time I saw him, you know, that's what he was going for. He was on that double wrist lock kick. Um, yeah, he was just uh, I, he really helped me out in a snap no tap because I was in shambles physically, man. My labrum. Tore my bicep, broke my collarbone, and broke my hip. I had all that broken while I filmed that thing. And, a great uh, video of you putting him to sleep. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I still get thank you cards from his wife for that. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, he he's just he's great. And when we we did a l- brief little wrestling thing in there, and I told him, I said, "We're going live." You know, nothing was scripted. We never scripted anything. Basically, what whenever whenever I film anything, right before the scene, 
I'll tell the guy who's ever filming me, um, okay, we're going to, this is going to be on the feeder. We're going to be in the ground. We're going to just be in this general area just so the cameraman can, um, you know, know where to go. But it was funny when we filmed that in Boulder, as a matter of fact, but he wasn't living there then. He was living here. Uh, they had scripts and notes on the wall on poster boards from previous, they call them authors, previous guys that did stuff. And the one guy, Dave, who, who filmed us, uh, Dave Dubrow, he's a really great guy. Um, he moved to Florida. He's like, okay, you got notes or anything? I said, nope. Okay. I just let's go. This is how I do it. Let's go. And um, unlike the snap note, uh, the law started hooking. Um, and this is not a complaint. This is just a difference. In the snap, uh, law started hooking. We just kept going. Yeah. Every scene, we there was we just stopped and maybe have a sip of water and go. Well, with the snap note tap series, Paladin, they would film the scene and then they would replay it to make sure that everything was fine in the editing or whatever, or not in the editing, but in the film. So that slowed us down. And I'm the type of guy that I got to have that momentum. Once it's going, let's just keep going. Go, 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 go. Uh, but I, ironically, in both The Lost Art of Hooking and The Snap No Tap, I never got to film everything that I was hoping to. Um, there was just, you know, you just run out of time. No, but so I miss... Huh? I'm wanted to, sorry to interrupt you. I got, I yeah. was, one of the things I wanted to ask you. Okay. What? So let's say you you know, you get to build somebody's person comes in, he's, you know, he's, uh, let's say he or she 16, 17 years old, they're already in pretty good shape. Let's say they're just, you know, a fit young person. And you have the chance to do whatever you can. This person's obsessed. This person's only goal is to be the best fighter alive in any said uh, realm of rule set you want to give them as the less rules, the better but, uh, you know, right now what we have is the gold standard, unfortunately, is the UFC. It is what it is. Um, you know, it has its good and its bad. I disagree with a lot of the rules, though. You know, the 12 to 6 elbow is a stupid rule, things like that. Um, I, I hate rounds. I don't think there should be uh, rounds. I think you should just fight until somebody wins, um, things like that. Uh, I hate stand-ups. If you can't get up, then the, the fight should go on from there. You should... You should uh, the the grappling should dictate whether or not that fight stands back up not just because you know 10,000 drunk people who don't train are going stand them up i hate yes. that so but it is what it is so this person has no martial arts skill coming in do you start with what's the first techniques to show them do you get them good at defense first so they feel good or do you get them a base offense first um wrestling or you know what are we looking at no training at all. Okay. So ideally I try to expose them as soon as possible to both physical and psychological pain. Okay. That means rough them up. Don't injure them. Okay. There's a difference between, you know, pain and injury, but because no matter how fit they are, most of the time people don't expose themselves to, to the kind of physical torture that you can go through and psychologically as well. Especially now it seems a lot of people are in this world of, uh, you know, blowing them up, you know, compliments constantly, constantly, constantly. And, you know, they need a dose of reality. And also in a real-life situation or even in a combat situation like UFC or whatever, boxing, we all know what it's like. Your, your, your opponent's trash talking, you talking shit. You know, uh, you got to get used to that. Um, as far as technique goes, I start them with the fundamentals, and I do try to balance it, Jason, uh, some offense and some defense. So footwork, stance, footwork movement you know make sure that they're not klutzy 
um, because some people just don't have that. Uh, they don't. They're they're they they may have they may be strong, but they can't move right. Uh, and and watching them how they breathe. Okay, because if they're big and strong, they may be lifting weights. Let's say which doesn't take it takes X amount of time to you know not long to do a set. Uh, whereas you know how we are, you know this can go for a while. So I watch their breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth. Make sure they're they're breathing properly. Um, and this, you know, with me, I was taught started with the conditioning, you know, because um, it was because I had already been boxing, but this was a wrestling. It's a different kind of conditioning. Uh, but yeah, I do try to balance it, and everyone's different. You know that you're a great coach. Some people you can push harder than others. Some you kind of have to soft sell it. You know, back then when Joe started, Cardinal started training with me 20 years ago. Um, I was, you know, I was training them a lot like how I was, you know, yelling at them and, you know, breaking them down, you know, to let them know that, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they were good with it. Uh, a lot of other people through the years just came, oh, my God, he's offended me. You know, so you kind of have to lighten up a little and, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I start everybody with footwork, stance, movement, uh, footwork, keep your hands up, keep your chin down, you know, m- watch your hips. As you know, well, judo, let's, judo and jiu-jitsu is a little, let's put that to the side for a moment, but mm-hmm. boxing, Thai boxing, even in wrestling have so many similarities um, with the way their, their movement is, uh, footwork and, uh, and stuff. And so I really focus on that because then you're killing almost three birds with one stone because um, it's more of a, you know, those are strike. Well, not the wrestling so much, but it's the boxing and the tie boxing or whatever is striking arts. And even with the wrestling, with the reaching and the grabbing, you know, and the cupping of the head, you know, you can look at it almost like, like a strike. So your your footwork, your movements are are, are kind of similar, just with a little bit of variation. But then, um, I just wish. See, me, I like to teach the striking. I like to focus on that before anything, before the grappling, because it's so important, especially in a street scenario, real real life scenario. Whereas guys like Costa and all of those guys twenty years ago they didn't get into that. They didn't want to learn that they, cause the grappling craze was just starting 25 years ago. You know, 1993 is when the UFC came out. So that's 27 years ago. So some of these guys started training with me right around then, you know, um, maybe a few years afterwards, but you know, they, and I think the biggest mistake, and I've said this a million times was the law started hooking pigeonholed me into being just a grappler. And I wanted to strike. I wanted. To, I kind of talked a little bit about it, but this is getting to your point where I, all of this is blended in with me—the striking and all of that kind of stuff. And I just wish that, uh, you know. And another thing I didn't like: the producer kind of wanted to be me to be controversial. He kind of wanted me to bash jujitsu when I was filming that video, and I didn't want to do that. But you know, he's paying me to get out. You know, he's—I got to do what I'm told. You know, to kind of emphasize the differences and you mentioned you don't want rounds in the UFC and this and that. Well, it, it kind of ties into all this. It's marketing. You know, UFC was dying. It was, it was going to go belly up from what I heard because because of that ground fight, it was boring. People are clinging, holding on. So they brought in a new organization apparently, and they made it more, you know, action packed, I guess. And I'm kind of with you on it. You know, I think it's, it's by no means like 
an all-in type of fight. You know, there's 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 rules more now than I think there ever was. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you guys about that. I, as far as like what Jason said about, you know, the crowd. A lot of them know nothing about what they're seeing, and they just want to see blood and violence. And for me, that just ruins it. I don't. I don't even want to go to any MMA events because of the crowd. They just they yeah. kind of disgust me. Well, you know, I I had trained Shoney, and when he was fighting, and you know, I kind of lost interest. I mean, I really I lost interest in in the UFC because it just wasn't in. I didn't think at that time. You know, technically they they weren't doing anything that I thought was worthy of of where they were at generally speaking this is not everybody but i'm just saying overall so then years go by and i i trained another guy who was in the ufc uh, i'm not going to mention names um and he was at my gym he's sparring and he's doing his thing and then afterwards after he was done i said okay well when you were doing this this is what i think you should have done and he goes nope can't do that i'm like what, what do you what do you mean you can't he's like it's against the rules. I'm like, what? And then they wrestled some more, and then I threw in another thing. Well, I think you should do this. Nope. I'm like, don't tell me. He's like, no, it's against the rules. I'm like, Jesus, how many rules do you have in this UFC thing now? <clears throat> so it's gotten, yeah, it, it, I mean, I get it. It's all about safety, and it's about, you know, whatever it is. And that's fine if it's marketed that way. But, you know, when you got, you know, uh, the word ultimate in it, you know, I, I kind of take offense to that because there's there's so many techniques that can be done that can change the the outcome of a fight, Jason, as you know, and the stra- strategy of the fight, you know, and, 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 you know, a lot of guys, not even in the UFC, but in other sports as well, <clears throat> utilize the rules to their advantage. They'll play to the rules as opposed to maybe trying to take out their opponent, they're, they're, they'll They'll play the rules to their benefit. Got to give them credit. Shrewd, shrewd fighters, shrewd coaching, and there's a place for that. There certainly is, as is apparent, because the UFC is highly popular. But Nico, yourself, and, and me, we're not into that. We're into, yeah, more open. Let's keep it going. And I, I agree with you, Jason, to, with the grappling. As long as it's just not two guys purposely laying there, you know, because um, I remember that one fight, Severn and – and Ken Shamrock, it was it was pathetic when they were going 10, 12, 15 minutes circling each other and doing nothing. I think that was like a big wake-up call to like, hey, we got to. Now, don't we, get me wrong. I don't mind, uh, what, you know, the, I don't want to be that, that, old, uh, that old MMA fan that says pride was better. But the pride organization had the yellow card, you know, and if you stalled, if you purposely stalled, then they would give you a yellow card and that, and at a certain point, it's, you know, they would take part of your purse or something like that. And I like, uh, I, that was great. You know, like I, I don't mind them in doing things like that to encourage action, Yeah. but you don't have to stand them up. You're just going to say you have a yellow card for stalling. They don't even, I, I, if I remember correctly, they didn't stand them back up even. They would, just, I don't recall. Yeah. I don't remember exactly, but I, I like where they're just like, fine. If you want to win this way, we're going to take some of your money, but well, we're not going to go. necessarily stand you back up. So well, like you know, in, in wrestling, you, you, you have stalling and boxing, you right. know, the, the ref will, will break you up, you know? So yeah, there's, there's, there's ways around it. You know, I had given my thoughts on, on how a system should, should have been, 
before years ago and you know nobody wanted to listen to, to what i had to say oh, okay that's fine but you know they're they're yeah i i just think you know marketing is a big thing and and that's one thing that i'm not good at i'm, I'm not a marketing guy at all man you know i'm like less than a yellow belt i'm like a dingy belt when it comes to to marketing man i mean i have no clue and i trained with this tom antiani he taught me some marketing stuff and you know and i'm proud to say i'm his worst student he ever had uh, i don't know shit about it so they're doing something right they're marketing to what the masses want and guys like us we may be you know in the in the minority i don't think we're like the only three in the world that think like this i'm i'm sure there's a lot of us that think like this but i don't you know i really don't have the answers to it but i do know this that um i in my mind, when I used to watch these fights, or even now when I see some of them clips, I'm like, man, there's just, nope, you can do this, you could do this, you could do this, you could do this. I just see it. You know, and Lou Thez and I, when Lou was alive, we, we got together and we watched one. I was down there in Orlando watching, uh, visiting him, and we got to watch a, a UFC uh, event. And, you know, we were just shaking our heads at all the, you know, at the missed opportunities. Now, granted, you know, this is almost 20 years ago, you know, um, and people evolve and talent changes but still it was like there's some pretty amazing athletes there in the ufc now though there is oh yeah it has definitely i think you'd be more impressed now um for sure it's it's i mean there's there's a there's a young man right now who's a champion israel adesanya and the guy fights like he's like like moves that you would see in um in movies and go yeah, sure. Spinning kicks and all this. This kid pulls him off. He is amazing. He's a, he's a pretty Israel out of yeah, Awesome. To, oh, yeah, I can. Amazing. Sure. I just, you know, what, you know, with, with my focus has always been from the very beginning has been, has been self-defense and street, you know, whatever, however you want to label it. That's what I liked because, you know, certain things that you do, you know, can, can slow down anybody, uh, you know, and, that's another thing when you're talking about beginner students, especially when they haven't seen what we're capable of doing. It's not on video. There's nobody else in the world doing it at our level. They don't know. And I think they have to kind of be exposed to it without crippling them, you know, or scaring them off because they have no outlet. Like you just mentioned Israel. So if somebody's into the UFC and like, eh, whatever, what is, what, you know, what's the what's the pinnacle of of that well you could say well look this guy up right well you can't do that with us all right you can't so that's the biggest um challenge and i was just talking via zoom with two wonderful people yesterday in canada father and son that i do the distance the tri-c program with and you know i just wanted to zoom just to talk to them just to see how they're doing and all of that and the father Dustin, he mentioned, well, Tony, you said such and such, and that really resonated with me. And that's the way that I try to reach people um, is through getting them to think, to think outside of the box, because ultimately you're the instructor of yourself. You know, you're the teacher to yourself. You got you to gotta start using your brain and your mind and your creativity um, and, and not be like a, an automaton, you know, like everyone's the same. No, we're all different. So I think that's the biggest challenge. Um, and for me, 
when I was young, it was the fact that I was afraid to get killed because I had a lot of run-ins and bad situations. And so did family members and friends and everything. And I just didn't want to die. And that was my motivation. And I believed in my coach. I knew what he said was true and the things that he told me and the way he said it, you know, led me to believe I will be the toughest man on planet earth and never have to fear ever again, any situation if I follow what he says and, and, and it reached me, it was, you know, it, it got me, it got me to, and he, and he's like, the alternative is, you know, there'll be another, I was an altar boy in church. And he says, the, the alternative is, you know, one of your friends is going to, is going to be the altar boy at your funeral. Okay. And bam, I mean, that's like, wow. Now there may be hyperbole there. I didn't look at it that way. I believed it and I still believe it. And I know it to be true. It saved me. So, and I'm not bashing UFC. I'm talking about back then. I, I, I think it's very excellent. I just don't like the fact that there are things that you cannot do that, that aren't allowed that could honestly change the outcome of the game. But it's just like football. You know, if, mm-hmm. if when I, when, when I play football as a receiver, all, all, if a ball was thrown to me, you know, all the, all the defensive back or the cornerback or the safety had to do was literally tackle me to the ground before the ball arrived. Okay. And I would never be able to catch a pass. Nobody would. So, the rule is implemented in a pass interference. The rule is there to create action. I get it. Yeah. So, right. you know, I have no problem with it. It's, you know, I just know that there's another level there. There's another right. thing out there, you know, um, watched, uh, watched a documentary last night. I'm sure you would uh, like to see if you have Showtime is the, uh, the Hector Camacho documentary. It just came out on Showtime last night. It was amazing. Now I don't, I don't have Showtime, but, Hector was, uh, you know, an, another champion fighter uh, just from my era, you know, when I was young, you know, um, yeah. So fast. Oh, hell yeah. You know, very, very fast. Uh, you know, the, the like Sugar Ray Leonard, Howard Davis, these guys had, you know, hand speed, you know. Uh, then, then again, you had like, I watched a couple weeks ago, the first round of the Hagler-Hearns fight. They had the first round up on, on the internet. What a unbelievable round of boxing that was, man. Opening bell, and they were going at it like full blast. Got to ask you, see. Coach. So they said one of the things that made uh, Hector uh, Camacho um, different is that he would jab. Um, his He wouldn't turn his jab over. His jab was just a straight out, uh, like a pistol jab, right, mm-hmm. instead of turning it over. What are your, uh, is it just, uh, is this one of those, it depends things? Or are you saying, cause I've heard almost nothing, but turn the, turn your jab yeah. over ever. Right. Me too. Well, no, but when you go this way, you get a little more distance. Okay. You can, you, it actually turning your wrist kind of shortens it. Uh, you short, you shortens your reach. Um, and it depends on, you got to watch. I mean, if he's going to land, how's he going to land? You know, you don't want to land on your pinky. You got to be careful right. that you don't land here, you know, and here's fine, but then you got to watch that You don't jam up your wrist too. Um, yeah. Those, those straight punches, people have done that, but I, yeah, I was, I was always taught and I am a strong believer of turning your uh, wrist. And if you look at the snap, no tap, there's a point where I show on a hook when you hook like this, or when you hook, like this you're stronger when you hook like this 
okay, when your fist is like this. And we demonstrated, I believe I demonstrated it with either Costa or Jeff Goldstein uh, trying to push my arm down or I push his down. I, I, I forget which way we did it. But you're weaker this way and you're stronger this way, you know, because you're engaging your bicep and you, you can get your body going. So there's, there's some of that going on. Um, when you throw a straight punch like this, uh, you, you, you can um, probably have a locked arm. But the problem is you can't – see if I can do this sideways. So if I'm throwing a, a jab like this, my, my jaw, this is going to be open. Whereas if I – I got to move this mic. <laughs> If I turn it, see, I'm, I'm, covering, I'm covering that so I'm not getting countered. Now, I don't jab with my right hand. I use my, obviously use my left, but, yeah, so you, you got some protection there. Where this, I'd have to punch upwards to, to be able to, to block myself, whereas here I can just roll it. So um, that's, a, that's how I've always done it. That's how I'm going to continue to do it. And there's nothing you're going to do that's going to make me. <laughs> I'm joking, but yeah, that's just my, my take on it. What is your take, Jason? Well, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm very much, uh, you know, I, I trained under quite a few different coaches. I'm, I'm obsessed with watching uh, instructional videos of people that are reputable and things like that. And then, you know, and of course you'll find major overlap. You know, you watch the world's best Muay Thai instructor, then you watch the world's best boxing instructor. Again, the rules are going to make certain things different. I'm watching, I'm watching Teddy Atlas's boxing instructional. And he, this instructional is for people who have never even boxed before. But I got to tell you, I love Teddy Atlas so much that I'll spend the time and watch that man teach a jab and just not, I might not necessarily learn anything new, but I love listening to that man talk. He's so full of passion. He's He's just one of the best boxing minds, right? And uh, But their slip is way too low, wouldn't you say, for a street situation or any situation where a kick could come involved or any kind of grappling situation to get snapped down, right? Like Absolutely. And, and yeah, like the, the boxing duck. slip, you know, and like, you know, boxing is widely worshipped as overwhelmingly uh, the, the you know, tied for number one best striking art, right? You want the world's best boxer is going to, you have the rough uh, Muay Thai champ, a rough way to go until the kicks are, you know, depending on yeah, the, the kick. You know? And again, let me just interject that it, it isn't fair because now that no. the Thai guy has four weapons right. offensively, the boxer doesn't. So if the boxer is able to hang in there, right. Kudos to him. But again, yes. And but when I, I teach yeah, for each, I should, I should have clarified what I meant was if a Muay Thai guy had to box the, a Muay Thai world champion at one fifteen straight up boxing the boxing 115 champ it, the muay thai guy is going to get lit up at the christmas tree but of course add the kicks in the kicks change it absolutely yeah, I meant to say. so you gotta um, blend, you know you gotta you gotta have enough time i was just talking to the the to the to, to the father and son yesterday billy and dustin from canada about this you have to put the the time and effort in years of let's use boxing for example years of boxing to be able to say, okay, now I'm capable of telling, of knowing what's going to work and what's not going to work in another scenario. If you have six months of boxing or whatever, jujitsu, judo, wrestling, it don't matter. You don't have the knowledge to be able to start cherry picking techniques and, and develop a system. You don't, uh, you don't know enough. And, um, and that's anybody, me, you, whoever, you know, but boxing by and large to me, anti, you know, I would think if you just, and it's not as simple as just 
adding in tie kicks. We know that. There, there's, there's a lot more to it. But I do want to say this. I was taught by old-time boxers, uh, you know, World War II types, boxers knew elbows, boxers knew forearms, boxers knew how to hit with their shoulder. Oh, yeah. Believe me. A lot of people right. don't know that. So, yeah, I'll still stick with my boxing, but I'll – yeah, I don't slip. I've talked about this. That, like, let's say this is a punch. I just want to – I just want to move that much. I don't do a lot. I do, so I do a lot of horizontal slips. I don't do a lot of, you know, bending and, yeah, you know, and coming under like, like you do. And conversely, wrestlers, you take a shot on somebody, and you're not smart. You'll get a knee to the face, and that's happens. There was some – was it Mark Coleman? There was somebody. I don't want to uh, poison somebody's mind. I don't remember who it was. But it was a high-level wrestler that got knocked out cold, I thought, from a knee. That was Ben Askren recently? No, 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 not uh, recent. Um, Terry, is, Terry Martin was one of them. There's another yeah. one. Yeah, there's, well, been, yeah. uh, there's been a good handful, Coach. Okay, there you yeah, go. Martin so, you know. Got, kicked, got his head kicked into by Pete Williams. So that was that happened. Mark Coleman got the head kick from Pete Williams. I remember that. Yeah, I thought Coleman, if I can recall, Coleman was pretty gassed out. But, yeah, but you get the point. He was. Mm-hmm. Anything can, you know, so, like, any art. Boxing, wrestling, jujitsu, it doesn't matter. The minute you go on the offense, you're vulnerable. When you get out of your turtle shell, you know, you're and you have to eventually, you gotta be offensive. You can be countered. You know, every opening can be countered. So it's like I was taught as a kid, one of my boxing coaches, it was like opening the door. If there's a mad dog outside, you know you have to leave your house. The minute you open the door, there's a chance that dog can get in. So you want to get out of that door as quickly and as safely as possible. Close that door behind you. And that's how it is with fighting. You, whatever it is, boxing or wrestling-ish, you know, jiu-jitsu, grappling, boxing and grappling, whatever your offensive move is, you've got to get back to your safe zone as quickly as possible. And I see a lot of errors with that. I see guys like maybe they'll throw a punch and then they'll drop their hand or they'll throw it, they'll bring it back, but then they'll linger. And they're wide open. They're easy to counter. Um so that's what I, I mean, that's, that's just big to me, big vulnerability. Um, I don't like that. So I try to teach people about safe, safe zones when they're fighting, even on the ground. If you can, if you're in trouble and your guys, the guy on top of you is doing all sorts of shit or the guy in the bottom is doing all sorts of stuff, get to a safe zone, get to a neutral place where you can hit the reset button and start fresh, you know? And, and that's another thing, getting back to your UFC and the standing up when they're on the ground. Yeah, I, I think that if wrestlers or grapplers would would start understanding, you know, the safety zones, where they are, where there, there's, a, there's a place on the ground where you're completely safe, okay, you're not going to get hit worth, worth, worth anything. You're not going to get submitted. Um, as long as you have a path back to that, to that safe zone, you can start doing things. You can become very offensive and try things. And, you know, even if you blow it, as long as you – Get back to that neutral zone, you know, as long as you don't close the door behind you, you can't get back to your neutral zone, you'll be okay. And you, so my point is you can try a lot of risky things that way, knowing you have a, you know, a get-out-of-jail-free card. Hey, I shouldn't say question. jail around Nico. <laughs> <laughs> last question, then I, uh, I got to get off here. Um, groin shots and self-defense scenarios, overrated or not? Uh, not, not overrated. I, I, I've seen them. I've, I've accidentally in training got hit. You know how that is. No, I think though, they're not overrated. However, the applications are overrated. I think people just 
think that that's a easy target. You know, I can easily get there uh, and this and that. And that's not the case. I mean, sometimes reaching you, you leave yourself very vulnerable, um, you know, to get countered, you know, to get knocked out or to get manipulated in some way or another. Um, I definitely believe there, there, there is a place for it. I just don't believe you base a fighting system around groin shots. You know, I don't, and I, and I see like, you know, I hate to say this, but you know, how can I word this without becoming, uh, there's like self-defense classes, you know, that they'll teach you like a quick course, like a three hour course. And it's all about, you need somebody in the groin or this or that. It's not that simple. You know that Jason, you know that as well as anybody. Right. And I don't, I don't, I don't, every, inevitably that's one of the first things anybody you ever teach a martial arts lesson to. Well, why don't, why wouldn't I just hit him in the groin? And I'm like, sure. (laughs) Again, just like, and I say exactly what you're saying, coach is, you know, are you going to be able to do that when I'm doing whatever I'm doing to you, et cetera, et cetera. And are you leaving yourself vulnerable? And you got to take a lot of things into account if you're going to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I said this years and years ago when guys were talking about, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, like pressure points or something, that is not a, uh, uh, an excuse for learning how to wrestle. Your pressure point, it's not going to work on me or it's not going to work on you because we're just going to tie you up. But once we have control over you, then you can use the groin strikes or the rips and, you know, things like that. So, yeah, you and I are on the same page. I've seen people try to do the groin strikes, the groin kicks, and they just get knocked to the ground. Right. You know, it, it just doesn't work. But if you, if you, I'm guaranteed, if you know how to uh, do them and you trained him, one of my favorite training partners ever is one of my judo and jujitsu training partners. He's from an old school style of karate. And he says, when we would spar, it was the, the groin was not a red area. It was, it was green and you better defend against it. And he goes, you gotta be. And so I, part of me is terrified to ever do that. One does not even so much to take it, but to like give it also like I'm, the people I train with yeah. kick them in the growing, but then but you're like, God, you're, you're getting yourself ready for a real life situation. Have you defended against someone trying to kick you straight in the growing part of me goes, but do I need to train against that? You know, when somebody's kick, doing the inner thigh kick to me in Muay Thai, it's a similar motion, that kind of thing. Teeth kicks. It's, all, yep. it's very similar. So I, I don't think I necessarily need to incorporate the risk of having my testicles removed in a training match to, <laughs> to find out whether or not I can block a growing kick. Well, um, the only advice I could tell people, and I mentioned this on a snap video, I don't normally kick with my, to the groin. I won't use my instep because there's a chance of missing. I try to get in there with my shin and there, even so if the guy kind of tries to back up, he's going to get it. And it also makes me, I'm in close. So you can do it from a grappling situation, almost either you can do it from a tie-up or close to a tie-up. So, so the chance of him countering me is a little less severe. So I, I like, you know, that's just my way. And, you know, getting hit with the shin is never pleasant. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you something, Jason, it was an honor. I know you got a role. Um, we're going to stick it around for just a few more minutes, us guys, and then we're going to sign off. But I want to tell you something. And I got, you having you – Watching you the way you coach, because I get there when I was training you at your gym, I'd get there before, you know, obviously, and you'd be working with all people. It didn't matter if it was children. It didn't matter if it was women. It didn't matter if it was guys, grown adults. Um, you and Bruce, Bruce Lee on my Lost Art of Hooking, have this ability to coach and to talk to people and reach people 
that um, I've never seen before. You know, you guys are at a level that, uh, and especially the way you are, Jason, because you're, Bruce can be, you know, Bruce was, you know, he's intimidating looking, you know, at least when I knew him, he was like, you know, back then the he barrel. was like, you know. The barrel with arms. Oh, my goodness. And you, you know, you're, you're, you're an average guy, you know, decent, you know, guy and just a wonderful person, sensitive. And I can tell everybody out there, if you want a coach that doesn't want to just teach you, but that actually wants to care about you and, and love you as, as a member of, your, of his family, uh, you, you're not, to my knowledge, going to find anybody better than Jason Bender. And your skills, Jason, are you're your own worst enemy. You don't give yourself enough credit, and you know that. You are phenomenal, um, and you're constantly wanting to learn more and more and more. How can you not love a guy like that? I mean, that just you're the epitome of what this this whole uh, environment should be about. You know, just you're you're in a class by yourself, man. That's all I can tell you. Thanks, means a lot, Coach. You know, I just uh, had a lot of people to look up to along the way, and uh, always appreciate training with you and uh, the guys I trained with. You know, like we mentioned, a lot of great people, and uh, uh, that's been the big thing. Is I try to take try to take the best of people I meet and try to get rid of the worst of what nature tries to, to give, give us and ourselves as far as selfish and being selfish. We always want to naturally be selfish people. And, you know, being, being nice is a, is an active role. You know, people need to realize that it's a, it's not easy. You know, people think I'm the nicest guy. And, it's, and sometimes I just, it's a, it's a real challenge, you know, to, to be nice to a lot of people, you know, yeah. but I can't, a, it, it, in the end it's really worth it you know and i and i fail all the time i screw up you know i i you know i mess up on the daily i'll say something stupid you know but i really do try to go about this planet and try to help people out and i want to help out anybody i run across you know if you share the mats with me whether or not we're working out together or whether or not i'm training you i hope that's an hour that makes your week better you know and that's kind of it's and honestly it's a little selfish it's a little bit of the the guy who's an only child who just selfishly wants you to go i had so much fun with him part of you know a lot of it's 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 for me you know um it's not uh you know making other people have fun is a way for me to be the center of attention <laughs> <laughs> well you didn't make my my week better you've made my life better and it's been Thank my you. honor to know you and let's you know i'll i'll see you shortly man it won't be that much longer no, no, so you no. better get your I do have an idea for a show, though. If we can do it, I'd like to throw it out there. And if we can't do it, but it'd be really cool to, to Joe, if I can have a, a list of videos, either A, I can start, I can share them, share screen them, or you can, or whatever, however we do it. But I'd love to have Coach look at some some of the the best grapplers yeah. right now and see what see what he thinks and watch some some moves that are, like, very jujitsu oriented There's some, you know, some, uh, there's a style of, taking someone's back right now that I'd be highly interested to see what you would think. And even though I know you're like, that's total sport that, that if you could put that lens on it, if you wouldn't mind, that's sure. Know, I'd love to do it. It'd be yeah, great. Yeah. So we could watch some cool video together and go over martial arts technique and work it out with Joe, over. the technical aspect of it. And, and then, then I'm in should be pretty easy. Well, you take it easy and we will email or text Joe the, your, your, you know, contact info for your gym. So, so Joe can put that up on the YouTube link. Right for people who are listening, like who may want to reach out to you, what should they do? How do they Bender find you? BenderMartialArts.com. B-E-N-D-E-R. Bender, like the, 
depends on your age. You, you could either <laughs> say uh, Judd Nelson's character from The Breakfast Club, or there's the younger generation that that's not quite younger anymore is the Futurama generation that's Bender the Robot. Um, but BenderMartialArts.com. How about uh, the alcoholic, the one on a weekend bender or a week-long bender? Yeah, that one too. Try, <laughs> yeah, if you're one of Tony's days. friends and you want to look up Jason, that's what you need to think yeah. of. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Tony'sFriends.com. It redirects <laughs> to Bender Martial Arts. <laughs> yeah. All right, J-Dog, man. We'll be in touch real soon. All right, Nico, Joe, great to see you guys. Great to see you, you Jason. Thank you. you. All right, take care, guys. Thanks. Sorry I can't stick around a little longer, but see you soon. Okay, thank you. Bye. Love you, Love you too. See what now? See this. This is the type of people that everybody needs in their life. Jason is like you two guys, just wonderful, kind, and is willing to help. Wants to help. Feels obligated to help, and feels bad when he can't help. I wish. I wish there's you know just a lot more people like that. You know, um, and I mean it sincerely. I'm a better person for knowing guys like him and you you two and, and, and everyone. I don't like to have riffraff in my life. I like, I like quality people, man. And he's, is you know, it's about as good as it gets, man. I'll tell you that right now. But it's um, good. It's good to see him kind of moving along. Cause we saw him when he was, you know, had his other gym, just see him build his business over time. is kind of a, is a cool thing to see kind of the entrepreneurial spirit and seeing good guys move forward, you know, getting a, a group of students and, seeing him help other people. It, it's just kind of cool to witness that as it happens. Yeah. He was getting pretty stressed over there at the other place. And of course you and I and Nico, we weren't really privy to, you know, it's none of our business, you know, what his relationship was over there. Didn't need to ask. All I needed to know is that he wasn't fully happy and he wanted his own place. I'm glad he got it. You know? Um, and it's, uh, it's funny that you mentioned Joe Kane, the boxing instructor, because Joe and I were supposed to get a place, me, Joe, and then Vince. My friend Vince was going to open up a joint. This is when I still had my, my gym in Chicago. I was going to do like a satellite thing in the city. And I said, I can start taking equipment from Chicago, from Bensonville and bring it to the Chicago gym. But we never could, you know, Vince couldn't find a location. Um, you know, that he was going to do that. He was going to find, the, you know, the location and get that going. And then Joe and I were going to teach out of that place and it just unfortunately never uh you know never panned out um like a lot of things you know it's you know i i think sometimes people don't know how everything sounds simple on paper and it just isn't when there's other things involved or other people or so i'm glad it sounds like jason got a really good deal financially on this gym and everything and um you know that's tough in the city of chicago boy so he must have really gotten a sweetheart deal, and, and he deserves it. I just wish him the best. And who knows, maybe we can start, once this blows over, we can start you know, holding seminars there again, you know? Well, that, that, that's a must. We yeah, that once a month back. stuff that we were doing was really nice. And then, you know, things happen. Gyms get shut down or things happen and blah, blah, blah. And I'd like to be able to utilize that if J Jason would, would allow me. And, you know, um, he can get some training in as well. Um but yeah, for now, you know, I'm I'm setting up my home gym again. I mean, I'm getting it. So we're we're going to be virtual, and virtual is going to be here forever. I think now, um, not that we're never going to get past all of this, but I'm I got ideas, and it's just a financial, you know, w with no income coming in, it's hard for me to do this. But I'm trying, and I think I don't want to say too much, because every time I do, it just never pans out. But let's hope by January or sometime even in January, maybe to give me a little headroom, we'll get it going. 
but I definitely miss you two guys and wish you guys could come over um, here again and, uh, you know, work out and, uh, and this and that. But anyway, that's, yeah, it's about time. We've been going on for an hour and a half, I think. Uh, I want to thank both of you guys again. And next week, it'll just be the trio. It'll just be the three of us, the three guys. The three youths. Uh, the three youths. Uh, you're talking to me. Yeah, we ought to do that uh, next week and um, have a little comedy again. Like we were, we do all this funny stuff. We insult each other, everybody, back and forth. We make each other laugh off camera, like before or after the filming. And then, like when we start filming, we get like all, all serious. And you know, it's like, oh my goodness, we can't crack a smile. We're not really like that. We're bald busters, really. <laughs> yeah, I don't think people really know us that that well like that. They only see the serious side. But. Well, anyway, I want to thank you guys, and uh, KIT, keep in touch. All right, have a good week, guys. You too.